So it's just going to be a disaster, right? Yeah. Okay. 100%. 100%. Or it's going to be the best thing ever. It might be the best thing ever. I hope so. We might have had enough drinks to think so. Oh, enough White Claw. <laughs> Future sponsor. Future sponsor. Never. Never. Mm-hmm. No, they want nothing to do with us. Mm-mm. When they hear this, they're going to realize how they're how toxic their product really is. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> also, we've been recording this whole time. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the show started. <laughs> oh, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Erin Rose. Who are you? I'm Nick Souter. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, young lady. <laughs> what is this? What is this episode? What is this disaster called? Aaron Rose has never seen it. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, good times. We are recording at 1 in the, a- one in the a.m. Oh. After several oh. hours of trying to get the software to work. And we are many. We're not proud of this. We are many white claws in. Mm. It's a good thing Joey didn't bring up that fucking handle of Tito's. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to go down for it for a second. I mean, I don't I don't care about it that much. You have to work a double tomorrow. Is that real? Today. Fuck, it's Friday. <laughs> Today. Happy Friday. I uh, I have I have work in six hours <laughs> for 15. At least you don't have to go anywhere. No, I do. I'm opening at North and closing at Clark. Oh, fuck. No, but you know what? That time of the bus is going to be horrible. Yeah. Yuppies. Not even that. It's just it's rush hour. North Avenue bus. Oh, fuck. North Avenue bus is the worst bus. Get a lift. Inch. I will. I can't <laughs> afford it. I've spent so much money today. I am so broke. I'm sorry. It's okay. It was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take a week off and go to Fargo... You don't realize you didn't make any money that week until like much later. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. You'll be fine. I'm going to be fine. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. What time is that? Uh, October. Halloween time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always Halloween time for me. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost made a reference to a band that's done a lot of really shitty things, so I'm not going to bring it up. Oh. Well, yeah. They're from here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so you got a kitten? I have the sweetest baby angel kitten ever. And I haven't slept in three weeks, four weeks. I think it's almost four weeks. Almost four <laughs> weeks, yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, today. So this whole uh, podcast is being hosted by people who just drink and don't sleep. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Get up every two hours to bottle feed this neonatal kitten. But it, she's so adorable. She really is. There's a terrible picture that will not be on the internet of me and oh her. Oh, God, please post it. It's so good. It's terrible. I'm all, like, monster teeth because my grill's so all fucked she. up. She's a kitten. I've had 36 years to fix these. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? What? Um, hopefully soon. I don't fucking know. <laughs> work itself out yeah let's get wooden dentures like george washington that's a myth I, yeah you know the funny thing is i get up every two hours to bottle feed myself too <laughs> bottle feed yourself white claws mm, yeah <laughs> gross sometimes i get truly 
don't know what that is. It's like White Claw, but it doesn't believe in it doesn't believe that blue lives matter. Okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. They don't. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just get drunk either way. I mean, they do, but. Ugh. <laughs> My face is so itchy. Yeah. Quit putting garbage on it. I know. Mm-hmm. My face is covered with Taco Bell wrappers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that gave me heartburn just hearing it. Yeah. My acid reflux Ooh. kicked up 500%. Is there even a Taco Bell around here? I don't need to. I don't want to answer that because I don't want to <laughs> get into. Here's the thing. I don't use Grubhub anymore mm-hmm. for several reasons, mostly because whenever I do use Grubhub, I'm very drunk. And it's for Taco Bell. It was until <laughs> I ordered twice in a week. Wasted. I was wait. Mm-hmm. I was on a bender. Okay. It's my new thing. I don't smoke weed. I yeah. do benders. Yeah. And um, I would order Taco Bell, immediately fall asleep, and wake up to a bunch of phone calls and messages from Grubhub that I missed my food. Oh, no. Yes. That's and the those worst were, feeling in the world. It's also worse because it's one of those things where it's like Grub- Grubhub delivers for them. Mm-hmm. Am I yelling? No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So I, I could put the cans on. Don't call them cans. We're in a recording studio. Anyways, so I would call, I would order, and then they would show up. I'd be fucking dead asleep. And I'd wake up two hours later, and I'd have to call the next day. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, hey, I missed my food. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. And they'd be like, no, you're a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't get a full refund. You get $20 back, but you have to spend $30. Yeah. Plus pay for delivery and tax. Don't so, they just like leave it now? I feel like they leave it now. They don't. Oh, by me they leave it now. Because you live in a more... <laughs> I don't know. It's You live in a more folksy area? Sure. How would you describe Melodathan? I... Mm. wouldn't no <laughs> okay so we're not talking about that so yeah. i did that and then i the next time it was two days later it was a wednesday i was very drunk mm-hmm. and i'm like oh, i don't care about anything i want to order taco <laughs> bell again so i used that mm-hmm. and then i was like you have to spend 30 dollars right. to get your 20 back sure plus uh, plus delivery and tax and tip right so okay. i wound up spending Another $20 to get my $20 back. Wow. And then I fell asleep again. Oh, my God. And when I called back the next, when I called back on Thursday, <laughs> they only offered me $10 if I spent 30 oh So I was like, God. I'm done. Fuck it. I've yeah. lost all this money. It's not coming back. I didn't need to eat this food in yeah, the first place. Yeah, I mean, that's probably. It's garbage. Yeah. So I didn't do that. That was like July or August. Okay. Last Monday, I got super drunk. Uh-huh. Not even super drunk. I just got drunk enough where I was like, mm-hmm. I want noodles. So I ordered from a local Chinese food place. Aaron's spitting out White Claw. <laughs> and I put, I was going to pay cash. Uh-huh. Naturally, I fell asleep immediately. Of course. Woke up to nine missed phone calls. Wow. Five text messages from the driver and three messages from Grubhub. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I didn't lose any money, but I can never order from them again, basically. That's what they told me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's fair. It's totally fair. And then I texted back to the driver. I'm like, hey, I'm at Beach. Right. Anyway, you can come back? He's like, no. Oh. I'm like, sorry. He goes, waited 20 minutes for you. Rude. It was a separate oh. message. Rude. He sent it twice. I'm like, I'm very sorry. He goes, no worries. You can't order from us again. Jesus. I got blacklisted. I don't know why they can't just leave it. You have like a fenced-in porch. No, I know, but I th- the last one I put cash. Oh. So. That changes that. Yeah. Like, it's not bad when I lose the money. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's terrible. But when the restaurant loses money. I didn't even I'm know that was an option. Dick. Honestly. What, to pay cash? Yeah. They have their own drivers. Oh. Yeah. Because, okay. like, it's this, the Chinese restaurant has, like normal uh, delivery yeah but like taco okay. bell and all these other places that jumped on the yeah. bad wagon they use the uh the grubhub drivers sure yeah i've definitely slept through like grubhub or whatever before and it happened like once and i was so mad i think i told you about you it did. <laughs> and i'm like why can't they just leave it but like i live two blocks away from a forest preserve so if they had left it the raccoons, the, the raccoons, the skunks, the opossums would have all like torn into it. But I still would have like felt better about it. I know. But then you would have had like woodland creature diarrhea everywhere. But we, I already feed the woodland creatures. No, you emptied <laughs> all the fucking popcorn next to your garbage can today. Okay. So the cutest thing has been happening lately. I feed like the cat colony around my house hold on explain Mm -hmm. that we have like stray cats and i (laughs) feed all of them (laughs) and take care of them and i will put food out for them like whenever they need it because the cats like know that if they just like hang out in front of my door and i see them that i'll put more food out for them so sometimes i'll put food out at like five six o'clock at night and they won't finish all of it and then an awesome thing happens which is like whatever food's left over once the sun goes down this amazing pair of creatures comes up and eats it and it is a possum and a skunk and they hang out together and they eat the food at the same time and it's like my favorite like buddy (laughs) film ever it's like Milo and Otis for the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God. They're so cute. So fluffy. So this is where I segue <laughs> into the movies we saw. Mm. <laughs> what? Where Where did you get the popcorn from? Um, We went to see Joker tonight. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Joker, directed by the guy who made three <laughs> Hangover movies. Oh God, I had no idea. He also I would actually have rather watched Hangover than Joker. I said this in the car on the way back here. Um, my favorite part of Joker was getting a haircut beforehand. <laughs> my haircut's great. Yeah, it is. Thank you. You know what you're doing. I do. And as much as Joaquin Phoenix knows what he's doing. Joe Quinn. Joe Quinn. <laughs> Let's explain Joe Quinn because I'm going to say Joe Quinn the rest of the podcast. And so my favorite part of the movie was this weird couple sitting next to me, which was a fairly normal man and 
what I can only describe as a human vending machine. Um, she had a thermos full of ice and God knows what. It was definitely booze. Yeah, I yeah. would hope. <laughs> Other, if that was ice and Sprite, she's a fucking weirdo. Oh my God. But like all through the movie, she would like offer her partner something like, oh, you want Cheetos? And she wasn't even trying to be quiet. She just was like, no. Cheetos? You want a Snickers bar? <laughs> But, like, as soon as the movie started, she's like, who is this actor? And the man, like, leaned over and he said, Joe Quinn. Joe Quinn. (laughs) Joe Quinn Phoenix. And, like, it was completely lost on her for at least, like, 30 minutes to an hour. And then she's like, gladiator. (laughs) He's the bad guy in gladiator. Like, get the fuck out of here. Can I tell a really dumb story? Yes. Please. I probably told this in this podcast before, <laughs> but nobody's listening anyways. No. So, um, also, while none of you are listening, this podcast is officially sponsored by Bucket of Blood, Books and Records. Hey. Hey. Um, we're uploading this tonight. Hmm. They have an event at Logan Theater. If you're listening, you should go to this tonight. Uh, hold on. My phone's been off for so long, I have to wait for... Yes. It's called Don't Fall Asleep PJ Party. Logan Theater. Uh, Whatever dress to impress means to you when it comes to PJs, show us what you got. Um, Grant will be DJing and giving out prizes. Or he won't. Somebody else will. But... He's a wonderful DJ. I will say that. I went to... an event he DJed at Metropolitan Brewing Company uh, pretty recently. And it was awesome. Like, yeah. the whole time he was DJing, like, every song he played, I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. They know their Great. shit. Yeah. <laughs> also, it hasn't been revealed yet, but if you're listening, go check out their Facebook. Go check out their Instagram. Mm-hmm. They are, they have a uh, collaboration with Metropolitan Brewing. Oh. I think there's going to be a bucket of blood beer. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that's we, exciting. We should get at Metropolitan Brewery or wherever they sell that. But also, yeah. you should go to 3182 North Elston for all your records and book needs, especially and if you like VHS horror and sci-fi. tapes uh, and so other many... like, weird shit, candles, patches, also, buttons. Yeah, exactly. If you listen to the last <laughs> episode, every time Aaron Rose goes to the bathroom, which is frequent, which she did before the movie fucking started tonight. I did it twice during the movie. Twice. It's only a two hour movie. <laughs> she went to the bathroom literally the moment like like feature presentation. And she's like, I got to go. And she was fucking gone. Yeah. But we'll be giving away another VHS tape. Kel, we owe you a VHS tape. I'll yes. see you soon. Also, though, October 12th. They will have uh, some exclusive cassette store days from Record Store Day. Mm. That's October 12th. And then on the 13th, an evening with Carcosa with Brian Hauser at Bucket of Blood. Official sponsor of Aaron Rose has never seen it. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Super great. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Yeah. But I was in high school and it was the two days before. Two days before my junior year started, uh, ended for summer vacation, I broke my ankle. Mm. 
um, playing basketball, which is uh, a sport. I don't do those anymore. But I, I just, I'm so drunk. I just explained basketball. Anyways, <laughs> that was just for that was just for Cal. Anyways, so I broke my ankle when I'm back to high. When I started my senior year, I had crutches and a walking cast, or one crutch and a walking cast. And one of the security guards came up to me. I just, re- I just, just realized yeah, what story this, this was. Is, it's finally relevant. <laughs> he walks up to me and goes, hey, how'd you break your ankle? I'm like, I slipped on a porno tape. He goes, which one? I go, gladiator. <laughs> he's like, that's not a porno. And he walked away. And then like half an hour later, he came back up to me and slapped me on the shoulder. He goes, gladiator. I'm like, yep. <laughs> For my entire senior year, when this security guard saw me, he yelled out gladiator at me. We should bring that nickname back. I really hope we won't. <laughs> but uh, that couple talked through the whole fucking movie at regular volume. Just the woman. Just the woman. But the dude was on his phone Googling things uh, for he her. He totally was. Yeah. That was real. That's and he kept getting text messages, but he had like the setting on his phone so that like it flashed lights yeah so there was constantly like lights flashing in my peripheral vision and i'm like what the fuck i know it was like being at a disco <laughs> from oh my, my seat but like a really sad disco about people mm-hmm. with poor mental health <laughs> and not really anywhere to go with it which is fitting because that movie is basically that yeah Absolutely. I uh, I do not like comic book movies, and I've never wished a movie was more comic booky in my life. I mean, without giving anything away, I told you this earlier. If the whole movie was like the last fifteen minutes of it, it would have been great. Fucking loved it. Yeah, but that wasn't the case. It was like not a comic book movie at all. No, it was until like the very end. It just like had enough to like keep you sitting in your seat, which I yeah. did not. <laughs> you kept running away. I sat there like a fucking jackass. Um, yeah, this isn't a comic book movie. This is a character study, mm. a poor character study of someone with mental health issues. Yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. Also, this movie. Okay, not to give anything away, but we talked about this on the ride over. When a Stranger Calls from 1979. <laughs> if you don't know this movie, this movie is one of the greatest fucking openings of all time. Mm-hmm. Carol Kane's a babysitter. I love her. And she gets a bunch of calls from a very creepy man with an English accent. Mm-hmm. And he's checking the children over and over, right? Mm-hmm. And she keeps hanging up on them. They get more frequent. And then she calls 911 and they trace the phone call. And the phone call is coming from upstairs. She's unharmed. But dude kills the children. Mm-hmm. And apparently it happened hours before, like, she even knew what was going on. And then it cuts seven years forward. Bad babysitter. Bad babysitter. Yeah. Real You're bad. downstairs doing whatever. You're watching, you know, Hollywood Squares or uh, Love Connection. What was? Sure. I don't know anything from the 70s. Know. Yeah, me neither. What was the show with uh, the people in the apartment? Three's Company. There we go. She's watching Three's <laughs> Company, and there's a bunch of fucking child murders going on upstairs. Well, I mean, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, what's the guy's name? From Three's Company? Ritter? John Ritter was a national treasure. 
Have you? Do you remember the movie Stay Tuned? No. Oh, it's amazing. So he's this lazy, schlubby guy, the type of guy who would have gone through that Black Keys concert I was telling you about. <laughs> and he just, his entire life is just watching TV. Oh. And he gets a satellite just from uh, world renowned pedophile Jeffrey Jones, oh. who. <laughs> this podcast is going off the rails. Anyways, <laughs> basically, him and Terry Gar, not Terry Gar. Terry Gar is from Mom and Dad Save the World. John Ritter and the woman who plays his wife get stuck in television and they go through all the channels and there's like murder she likes. It's all demented dark shit because it's like the devil set up the satellite dish in their house. It's a great fucking movie. It's super 90s, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But the rest of When a Stranger's Call... Mm-hmm. When a stranger calls, yeah, there's only one stranger. Uh-huh. It's not multiple. Nope. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let me sip on this. Uh-huh. The dude escapes from the mental asylum. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like a movie about how how poor like the healthcare system is, the oh, mental yeah. healthcare system is. Oh, yeah. Like he winds up homeless. He like like seeks sh- like I I might I, I might be misremembering it, but that's the first ten minutes of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie is Charles Durning tracking down a man who is very mentally ill mm-hmm. and is just like lost at sea, basically. Yeah, and that's what this movie is too. Kind of. Kind of. They tried well, that. Yeah. Here's the thing, like. There's definitely a place for this kind of commentary, and it is not in a comic book movie, no. and it is not in a movie dealing with a monster who is your main character, because that's what the Joker is. Love him. Love him as a comic book character, but he is a fucking monster, yeah. and I have a huge problem with like the backstory movies where they try to humanize monsters. And that's, like, my problem with this movie. Like, I think it's so much scarier. People are so much scarier when they're just, like, erratic and crazy for no fucking reason. And that was, like, I think we talked about this in, like, another podcast, um, like, Halloween and, like, Rob Zombie's remakes of Halloween, where he, like, tries to humanize Mike Myers and I'm like it doesn't fucking yeah. work if you want like, it's so fucking scary because it's just a kid who starts fucking killing people for no goddamn reason yeah and that's like what's like frightening about the Joker yeah he Abby, doesn't you- have like a real backstory like it was never like in print or anything and they did that purposefully it took him I read this in the IMD facts like it took like 11 years 12 years for them to give him a backstory and then it fucking ruined it yeah and then that's why they keep changing it that's why heath ledger in the dark knight keeps changing you want to know how i got these scars and then <laughs> which is awesome <laughs> which is awesome but like ambiguity and mystery mm-hmm. makes everything fucking scary yeah and when you just like take away all of it you just take the piss out of it yeah yeah, like, I don't want to fucking feel sorry for it. Like no. this fucking monster. You're not supposed to sympathize with a sociopath. No. It's awful. Yeah. Mm. That aside, Joaquin Phoenix. 
amazing. So fucking good. And he lost like so much weight for this movie that they basically like had to do it all in one shot. They They, couldn't do any retakes. They rewrote the whole (laughs) movie as they were going. Yeah. So they could do reshoots because they knew he couldn't keep the weight off. No. He was so like frighteningly. He's a rib cage with acting ability. Oh my God. The only thing I can compare it to is. Christian Bale Bale. and The Machinist. Here's the thing. The Machinist is an even dumber movie than this is. Yeah. It is a dumb movie. It's so dumb. Like, (laughs) if you're going to commit to something. The only thing that's frightening about that is, like, Christian Bale's appearance. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's it. (laughs) The whole movie is, like, dog shit. But Christian Bale is frightening in it. But just. It has nothing to do with his acting. He just didn't fucking eat. I think he's a good actor. He is a good actor. I don't think he's good in that. I haven't slept in nine months. I can relate to that. <laughs> no, I know. But at least you have a beautiful kitten in the cigarette. Oh, my God. She's so sweet. Yeah. Christian Bale just has family members yell at. Yeah. Ooh. But, um, yeah. Joe Quinn Phoenix was amazing in this. He's amazing <laughs> to everything. Yes. But like we we have an unaired episode where we talk about our favorite movies of the year, and I think we both fucking chose "You Were Never Really Here." Oh my god! Which, if you <laughs> haven't seen, it's a Lynn Ramsey movie. It is devastating. So devastating. We we saw it in the theater, which is like rare for me. I feel like to see like good movies in the theater. I only go when you like make me. Thank you. <laughs> Um, we saw that movie and like the we freaked the first, fuck out. Yeah, the first thing I said to you when it was done, the lights came on was "fuck you." Yeah, and then we got in my car and we sat there for like ten minutes. Yeah, nobody could move. Couldn't move. But and I think we were gonna record a podcast, but I just we like gave up. No, we you can't do it. Yeah, and went home. You fucking like opened the door while you were driving, booted me out. My like hands were so tense yeah. on the steering wheel the but whole fucking ride. Here's the thing about that movie. First of all, that movie is perfect. Oh, beautiful. Perfect movie. Oh my god. Um, the character he plays in that has a weird relationship with his mother. Yeah. Just like this movie mm-hmm. is super violent. Mm-hmm. Sort of like this movie. I I think that one's way more violent. No, actually. it's so much more violent. <laughs> it's his character is so much crazier. And, like even in a more comic booky way, which is it ironic. Is. But that's the thing. This movie, not this movie. You were never really here. Is so subtle. Mm-hmm. It gives backstory and flashbacks, but it's like a ten second flashback. Oh my god! It's just a kid freaked out it's just him Mm -hmm. seeing kids in the desert yeah you don't you don't know everything about him this movie drat it's 90 minutes of character development so he could be the joker for half an hour right it doesn't work here's the thing like i was super uncomfortable throughout both of those movies but you were never really here it was like a good uncomfortable that like led to something Whereas, like, with the Joker, I'm just, like, I'm uncomfortable in, like, a cringy kind of way. Because, like, you're trying to say something and falling flat. Their message is lost. It's so bad. It's there, but it's lost in a seat. 
I like you know what they're trying to say, but they can't enunciate. They yeah. don't know how to speak. Where that's the difference between okay, Todd Phillips has directed Road Trip, Hangover, three Hangover movies, <laughs> Starsky and Hutch. Oh God! Yes. <laughs> I didn't know he did that. Too. And a star is born. And I'm sure he directed other things, but I don't fucking know. Did he win an award for star is born? No. No. Okay. No. Nobody like won that. except for Lady Gaga. Oh. Or as Emily at the bar says, Lady Gaga. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. Lynn Ramsey has made way less films than Todd Phillips. Her movies have made less money, but she is a fucking masterclass director and writer. She's an auteur. All of her movies, whether you like them or not, they creep under your skin. They fuck with you. Morven Keller, I haven't seen in years, but I hold that up in super high regards. Ratcatcher is crazy. She makes movies that are just like, fuck, man. Beautiful and heartbreaking. Heart-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. They are, and they're, there's no like. They stick with you. Like, you were never really here fucking stuck with me for weeks. Yeah. I didn't sleep right for probably at least two weeks because yeah. I could not stop fucking thinking about it. I'm going to recut the you never really here trailer and then I would just go Joker and that makes more sense. But like yeah. also like because that movie is so well crafted and honed in. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, God, it's so gross. Uh, sorry, not him, me. Um, he has, like, his character is, like, tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. And he stays on this track. Yeah. And he fucking does it so well. It's amazing. Yeah. He won whatever award at Palm for that. And it, well he deserves deserved. it. Well deserved. It's a fucking perfect movie. Uh-huh. But if it is perfection, it murders you. This oh, movie God. was going for something like that. And no matter how good Joe Quinn Phoenix is in this, and he's fucking amazing. Yes, he he's always amazing. The rest of the movie is not at his level. No. Um, Robert De Niro in this is pretty fucking terrible. Boring. He's boring. So boring. So one note. Which is like, I honestly like didn't even know he was in it until like I saw him in the movie. <laughs> And I feel like there is a reason for that because he's so boring and so fucking forgettable. Yeah. Anybody can play that role. Nothing special. He played the talk show host role, though, because this movie is like a weird and Aaron's leaving. This is like a weird homage. I'm going to wait. I'm going to give something away. Um, So like last time, I will give you a VHS tape from Bucket of Blood of my choosing. If you could text me or send the podcast a DM that goes along with something. Last time was a text message. So let's see what we got. Do something different. Mm. Ooh. It's kind of chill. Figure out who I sent this to. Trying, no, that's for a different podcast. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, whatever. No one's listening for that one. Mm, okay. I said this to somebody on Friday. At the Black Keys with Steph, Modest Mouse is the opener. 
it's at the United Center. Strange times. Um, if you know who I sent that to, or if I sent it to you, are you listening? I'll mail you something. Or I'll just bring it with me when I see you on Halloween. So that was our giveaway. The VHS tape from Bucket of Blood. Okay. I read the text message I sent on Friday. Okay. I'll show you later. Okay. Because we're not. Also, if you guys forgot, Aaron Rose has never seen it. It is no longer edited. It's an experimental podcast with two people who hate technology. I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry. I'm what not. was they talking about <laughs> before you left? Um, you were talking about oh, Robert yes. De Niro. Robert De Niro. This movie is a homage to like three Scorsese movies. It's like mm. Taxi Driver, which is obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, King Comedy, which if you haven't seen that, is about a failed stand-up comedian, which Joaquin Phoenix's character in this is like attempting stand-up, but really it's just a man freaking out on stage. But also, you know who did it better? D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, Yeah. At one point, Joker rips off It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. So you know this movie is supremely flawed. Mm-hmm. But in King Comedy, Robert De Niro is a mentally ill stand-up comedian who's obsessed with his favorite talk show host. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro in this plays a late-night talk show host who's a comedian, and he fucking kidnaps him. So that's crazy. He's yeah. basically playing <laughs> Jerry Lewis's part. Uh, and if right. you don't remember who Jerry Lewis is... He's the guy who said he doesn't think female comedians are funny. So he can rot in fucking hell. He's also plays like all the super racist yes. <laughs> characters. In case you forgot. Every movie. Every, <laughs> every movie. Everyone's terrible. Nobody gets a pass. No. And then the other movie is Raging Bull. So like Todd Phillips mm-hmm. basically was like, we're going to make a Joker movie. That's a wannabe Scorsese movie. Sure. And we'll bring in Scorsese's old dude to do it. Yeah. Boring, though. Anyone could have played that part. Anyone. You know what would have been better? Mark Maron, who had like five seconds. In this oh, movie. my God. He would have actually been great. He I didn't even like great. think about that. Yeah. He was in the movie for like maybe a minute tops. He has like four lines of dialogue. Yeah. And then does this motion where it's like the cut yeah. it thing with underneath his chin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he would have actually been like way better. It would have been better. Yeah. It would have made sense because he's younger and he's weirder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know they're going for like that Johnny Carson thing. Yeah. But also it's like, uh, this movie (laughs) is, I didn't hate it. I know you looked at me an hour into the movie and was like, I fucking hate this movie. That was like after I came back from the bathroom the The second second time. time. Yeah. That's why I like had. Usually I can like muscle through, but like I just was like hating this movie so hard that I'm like, fuck it, yeah. don't care. And I'm a fast peer, so you are. It's amazing. What am I gonna miss? I say you actually did miss something. <laughs> I didn't tell you about it, but this is spoiler free. Yeah. Um, I did miss something, but I knew it was fucking coming, and I this- knew exactly how it was gonna happen because. This movie is not, like, original at all. No. I Like, I know that they were trying so hard to be with, like, the backstory and everything that they did with the Joker. But, like, it wasn't original. It wasn't. It was cliched. Yeah. And the other thing that they do with, like, 
another the I don't want to say it. There's an actress in this movie who is completely underused because she's in other um, movies and she is so charming and so she she's such a good actor. Beats? Yes. Yeah. What they do with her is so fucking telegraphed. It's it's so obvious. It's a waste, yeah. It's a waste. I feel like actually like everyone's kind of like wasted in this movie other than Joaquin Phoenix. Because I even Joking. like his mom a lot. Frances Morn? What's her name? <laughs> you're, they're, you're Conroy. No, Conroy, there we Conroy. go. She's great. Um yeah, I love her. Yeah. I think she's an amazing actress, but it's a waste. So, Everybody, yeah. This is how I'm gonna describe this movie. It's a sports analogy, which is weird, but it's soccer, so it fits because um. It's gonna be lost on me. Okay, it might not be though. <laughs> so, in this movie, it's the art. This movie is like the Argentinian. The it's the national team from Argentina for football. For real football, not mm-hmm. fucking, you know, American football. Soccer. Soccer. But Joe Quinn Phoenix is Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi is like the greatest player in the world. Other than Cristiano Ronaldo, who also has the same problem. So like you have <laughs> you have these movies and these teams built around these amazing performers. But when you have all these other great players around them and they're just there to support him. They fall flat. That's the difference. Cause like you were never really here. Everybody in that movie is oh, fucking sure. great. Yeah. That scene on the and kitchen. They, they work together as like a team, exactly. which like doesn't happen in Joker. No, it's because Joaquin Phoenix and then like everyone else is just like, just there. So he has yeah. something to play off of. Right. Which is the Argentinian national team. Whereas, when Messi and Ronaldo play for their club teams, I'm going for it. Um, it's you were never really here okay. because everybody's playing all together at the same time. Right. They all work together for this one thing. They take their time. Mm-hmm. This is a fucking big studio movie and everybody just sort of comes together. It's like it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Yeah. But when you I have don't. a team that's all working together and you're used to each other, that's when they're great. That's yeah. when everyone's great. That scene on the kitchen floor. Mm-hmm. With the fu- if you haven't seen You Were Never Really Here, you have to fucking see it. But the scene where the dude is laying on the floor with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That is better than anything in this fucking movie. Absolutely. By leaps and bounds. Yeah. And it's so original and so amazing. And it's so fucking gut-wrenching. Oh, and that God. dude in there did something horrible. Mm-hmm. And you actually very horrible, very horrible. But guess what? <laughs> it's a real thing that's happening to him. It's a real yeah. emotions. It's not played for sympathy. Right. It's played for reality. Yeah. And you feel bad for that guy who did something horrible. Right. And they're not like it's not like they're trying to like make you feel bad for him exactly. the way that they are in Joker where they're trying so hard exactly. to make you feel bad this is for what it this comes character. To- it's just like this thing happened and now this other thing happened yeah. and like your just human response is like what the fuck? Joker <laughs> is manipulative. Oh, absolutely. You were never really here Mm-mm. is raw. Yeah. You decide what you want. You like right. you don't even have to like 
Joaquin Phoenix's character in that. I do, though. But you fucking do. <laughs> you love Joe. Oh. You can't help it. So good. And then as everything keeps progressing and everything gets worse and everything like just falls apart and you watch him. And I feel like there are similarities between like the two characters. But not like any similarity that would make this movie better or no. make you like the, you were never really here less. Right. It's just, oh, it's just, it's like, it's just, it's just Joaquin Phoenix doing something similar. Right. But it's so far from each other. Yeah. He's so, just so good. He is so good. But what we're saying <laughs> is maybe wait for mm. Joker to be on video on demand. Yeah, you don't need to go see it in the theater. And go on Amazon and fucking watch. You were never really here. Oh, but, fuck, yeah. But just but be like, prepared. It is brutal. You're going to cry and you're, probably not sleep. <laughs> at the very least, you're going to cry and not sleep. I like it's been in like it's on Amazon Prime right now. And it's been in my queue forever. And there's been like nights where i'm like oh i'm gonna watch this again and then i like go to play it and i'm like we can't <laughs> you need a lot of <laughs> watching you were never really here is like doing mushrooms you need to be in the right headspace because even when it's done when you're done with that trip it lingers and it oh, lingers yeah. hard yeah like when did that movie come out <laughs> and it's still lingering last year yeah yeah because <laughs> at the beginning of this year we recorded what is Oh, do you want me to get that? Give me it. I got it. You got it. Thank you. Aaron's nails are gigantic. They're so long. Yeah. Um, it's witch season. It is. They're great witch nails. Season um, of the witch. Also, the music of this is just fucking... Not the score. Mm-hmm. The score is creepy. Yeah. Oh, God. It wants, that's the thing, too. The score too is being manipulated. Like, there's way too much Frank Sinatra in it, first yeah. of all. Get well, that's the here. soundtrack. I'm talking about the score. Oh, the, the score. The score is equally manipulative as the oh, film. Oh, yeah, for because sure. The f- but the, I mean, whoever that's... composed it knows how artificial this is. Yeah. Whereas Johnny Greenwood's score, for you were never really here, Ooh. is just haunting. equally haunting. I don't listen to haunting. that. I'll watch the movie There's... before I listen to that. No. <laughs> Fuck. Like, the only reason you'd listen to that is, like, mm, everything's dying yeah you're gonna go kill some everything's sheep. ending you're gonna go catch oh some rats God. Lynn, Fuck. bring it back around lynn ramsey <sighs> so um basically todd phillips sucks lynn ramsey is underseen and underappreciated and underrated mm-hmm. uh we recorded a best of episode mm-hmm. it was our roma hellraiser episode oh. and um it was me you and robert still this was last february we recorded yeah. it when it was like negative 25 out. Oh my God. Yeah. And the main problem was we had just gotten these mics. We didn't have yeah. any mic stands. Mm-hmm. So we were, all holding, we were all holding the microphones. Mm-hmm. Bob was whistling out of his nose for the first 45 <laughs> minutes. And I said something to Bob. I love you, Bob. If you're listening, I love you, Monique. He, he made got, him blow his nose. I made him blow his nose. He got super mad. Probably like twice. Twice. But <laughs> for the first 45 minutes of the podcast, it was a... <laughs> It sounded like he was recording it from a fucking Michael Myers mask. But he was also like holding his he was holding mic it. right against his chest. Yeah, right against was, his like, chest. Rubbing against. It was in his bosom. <laughs> yeah, his bosom. His bosom. It's a good way of putting it. And he was—he was like just. It was winter. 
It's yeah. expected. I'm sorry if I sound like a dick, but my microphone picked up Bob's breathing too. Yeah. So this episode never aired because I had to edit. I spent three, uh, I spent like five hours editing every second. It wasn't all Robert though. I'm getting to you in a second. <laughs> and me. But I had to edit every time in between we were speaking just so you wouldn't hear the breathing. Yeah. Also, Aaron... Mm-hmm. Had some dental problem. It had some dental surgery. Yeah. So every like thirty seconds, she's her. <laughs> she'd be making a point and stopping. I wasn't so wet <laughs> sounding. It was like more of a hissing because I had like my teeth worked on. I broke a tooth on New Year's Day and had to have it replaced from the worst dentist ever oh god don't listen to your friends (laughs) unless you're our friend who recommended that dentist and you're listening now thanks for listening we can't edit it out but it's unrelated to you who doesn't even want to go there anymore besides the point besides the point but also i have a thing if you listen to the other episodes i didn't notice until we got the good equipment Whenever somebody was saying anything I didn't agree with or thought was ridiculous, just to be fair, it's not present company excluded. Um, <laughs> I would just turn to <laughs> Tina Belcher and you would just hear. Uh, mm-hmm. You do so that on your like other podcast and you laugh every single time. Wait, do I? <laughs> yeah. I don't listen to that one. I do. <laughs> I know you do. Thank you. I change how I act on that through your feedback. I know because I live text you. I know constantly. As I listen to it constantly to the point where I have to go. Wait, was I the one being sexist? And she's like, "Come on." <laughs> but um, no, actually, it was funny. Uh, when you were in the bathroom, I was trying to decide a text to read through, and I was going to read one of Caesar's, mm-hmm. but it was dealing with the other podcast, so I didn't. Oh. So I read one from. Text me now. What is something from Bucket of Blood? And. <laughs> Official sponsor. Mm-hmm. Can we stop talking about this fucking movie? Yes, please. For the love of God. Get the fuck out of here. Joaquin, I love you, but... but come on. You're amazing, but everyone else in that movie was not. But here's the thing. Somebody brought up a really good point when he signed up for this movie. Like, he is... Like, you can't live off of paychecks from Lim Ramsey movies and Paul Thomas Anderson movies alone. I mean, that's fair. As amazing as, like, Paul Thomas Anderson's, like, one of the greatest directors of all time. Yeah. The Master didn't make any money. That was so good. Inherent Vice didn't make any money. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. His movies have, like, <laughs> Phantom Thread might have made some money, but he hasn't made any money, really, since yeah. um, There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah. That was three films ago. And, like, each movie he makes, he's made since then, has gotten better. Yeah. But Lynn Ramsey, uh, Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here was like in three theaters in Chicago. Yeah. I don't even think that many. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like maybe two. Maybe two. So that wasn't like, that's the thing. These are artists. Yeah. They're not making movies to like make a lot of money. Sure. Also, though, he's not fucking like working. You know, he's not an understudy of fucking um, right. Steppenwolf. He's making money. But like, yeah. You gotta make you gotta make moves to make money eventually. Sure. So that's what we'll call this. Okay. And we can love his art for mm-hmm. the rest of our lives. And just sort sure. of forget Joker existed. Yeah. Until he starts fighting Arpat. 
Anywho. Yeah, we're not talking about that. All right. Now it's your time to entertain the folks. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about the next movies. I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, come on. I can't do this. <laughs> Just pause it. We can't pause it. Why not? It's going to be dead silence. Just talk. I don't have any. Read, your, read, read from your phone. Do something. <laughs> no, it's going to be dead silence. You, okay, we, if, we, if we pause it, it'll stop recording. We, have, we can't upload it then unless I edit it. And this episode will never go out. So talk about Olivia. Read, read. Why can't you just like piece two together? Because it's... Read your notes. Just talk about... I don't, like, have real notes. Read the, read. This is live. You realize this, right? We're live. Then don't leave. You piss my fucking pants and we've been drinking for hours. Talk about the next movie and just read the cast list. I'm not. Give me... Th- do not, people will tune... It's like Dawn of the Dead. Every second we're off the air, people <laughs> tune out. Read the... All right, well, the next movie we're talking about is Living in Oblivion, which was directed by Tom DeKillo, I think is how you say his name. Um, it stars Steve Buscemi, Catherine Keener, uh, Dermot Mulroney, lots of people. It's very much like a 90s indie film lovely um one of like my favorite things about this movie is that like it really had no budget at all so everyone in it basically agreed to work for free and anyone who invested money in it got like some sort of small part in this movie and It's basically about a small-time director, writer, trying to make, like, this indie film and just, like, everything going wrong, everything falling off the rails. The stars in it are not cooperating. There's technical malfunctions. But it kind of, like, turns out for the better. How was that? <laughs> Not good. Not good. <laughs> what did you say? I just gave a rundown of the people in the movie and okay. what it was about. <laughs> and how everyone agreed to work for free. Yeah. And the people who like put up the most money got the roles in the movie. Did you already say that? Mm-hmm. Are in it? And they got yelled at? Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, if you watch watch Living in Oblivion, uh, independent film about making independent films and how horrible it is <laughs> to make movies, um, the people who put up the most money, one of them is the character Speedo, who does the sound and gets yelled at by Steve Buscemi in his beautiful rant. Mm-hmm. And the other person <laughs> doesn't have like a name. He just literally looks at her and goes, what do you do? What's your name? What do you <laughs> fucking do here? Like, it's amazing. Um I don't know what you said. You gotta keep. I mean, no. Okay. So, <laughs> Living in Oblivion came out in what, 93, 94? 95. 95. 
I saw it in 96. I've been watching this movie for 23 years. Yeah, I'm surprised I've never seen it before. Like, considering the amazing cast. Like, I like everyone in this movie so much. Yeah. And I had never even heard of it until, like, you told me that I had to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Hence, Aaron Rose has never seen it. Yeah. Um, No, I'm... as as all of you probably know, is listening because there's like six of you. Mm-hmm. My cat's name was Buscemi. Mm-hmm. I love Steve Buscemi. Uh, I saw this movie, and I fucking fell in love with it. And like, this is like, I'm one of those people who like wanted to make movies, and I wanted to make big studio movies like James Cameron and shit. And then like, <laughs> literally, I saw Halloween, mm-hmm. and I found out they made it for three hundred twenty thousand dollars. And it changed my life. I mean, I didn't make any movies yet, but <laughs> I sought out independent films and lower things, and I love them. And this is one of the first ones I saw, and it's it's spectacular. There's so many good things in it. There's so many good actors so in it. So many good things in it. And uh, everybody always talks about Tim Roth in Reservoir Dogs, where he's learning his character mm-hmm. to be an undercover cop. But I think mm-hmm. equally as good. Is Catherine Keener in this? Oh my god! Catherine Keener is so fucking good in this. She's so amazing. Well, this was like written for Catherine. It Keener. was written for Catherine Keener, where she starts off one scene, mm-hmm. and she's okay. And then as the takes keep going, as things keep going wrong, she gets worse and worse and worse. And then everything falls apart, and they're like, <laughs> "Let's just do a run through." Mm-hmm. And they. Dermot, is it Dermot Moroni? No, it's not Dermot Moroni. It's um, Wolf. Who's Wolf? Dermot Moroni. Is that his name? Yeah. Who's the other guy that looks just like him? Um, He's not in this movie. Mm-mm. He was in um, Wonderland. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Yeah, and The Practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what his Fuck name is. Fuck that guy. So, um, Dermot Moroni was in My Best Friend's, Friend's Wedding. Friend's Wedding, yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I didn't know what... <laughs> Should I be happy or disappointed we both went with that right away? Oh, it's so good. Though. It's good. It's so good. You know, um, Classic Chicago. But then, Joe Moroli's character, Wolf, Wolf, he gets <laughs> sick from the cream on the set because they have fucking no money. And like literally, it's like, does this smell funny? No, it's fine. <laughs> That's the beginning of the scene whenever he shows up. He's off puking his guts off. Mm-hmm. And then she does the scene... How Catherine Keener would really fucking do it. And it's amazing. Uh huh. So you watch her start off as a good actor, mm-hmm. get worse, and then just be her fucking self acting how she yeah. would do it. And like this happens with like in the span of 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. And it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. There's so much subtlety to it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And it keeps going black, back and forth between black and white and color. Yeah. For all the for the first two segments, the last segment's yeah, all in color. All color. When you when you fucked me up a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> when you watch it, cause I'm. This episode is really about you were never really here, and living in oblivion. We don't give a fuck about the third movie we're gonna talk about. We're just putting it out there now. But. <laughs> I had to look. I. <laughs> I already forgot about it. Yeah, because it mm. sucks. Who gives a shit? But this movie is spectacular. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. I, I did too. And shout out to Peter Dinklage. It's his first movie. His first movie knocks out of the park. He's so good. So good. Peter Dinklage was an actor 
in New York for years, kept refusing to take roles in movies because he is a little person. Mm -hmm. And all the roles they offered him were stereotypical dwarf roles. And this movie he accepted. Huh? Little person. Little person roles. Sorry. Well, he says dwarf. So stereotypical little people roles and little people, little person, because there are little people. Little person. So typical. Um, he totally like snaps off. Yeah. He, this is the f- his <laughs> first so movie good. is the first time he's a scene stealer. He fucking destroys this part. It's so yeah. good. It is literally Ugh. a little person refusing to take on a stereotypical dwarf role. And he's in this is his first movie. He's in a scene with Steve Buscemi, Catherine Keener. Mm-hmm. It's just the three of them and the people who are playing um, the crew. Right. But it's mostly just Buscemi and Keener. Mm-hmm. And he makes Steve Buscemi look like such a dick. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. good. It's like so uncomfortable and wonderful and like spot on too. Yeah. Like fucking good for you. <laughs> um, did you mention the director? I think I did. Okay, so Tom. I don't know if I said his name right. Tom DeCilio. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Tom DeCilio. This is his second movie. His first movie was Johnny Swade, which starred Brad Pitt. Oh. That movie was a huge pain in the ass for him. Mm-hmm. It was a little studio movie for Fox, and super low budget though, and yeah. it was a huge fucking disaster. It took him a few years to get this movie made. Literally, he showed his script to people. Like you said, everyone worked for free. The people Mm -hmm. who gave the most money got a part. Now, everybody for years thought that James LaGrosse's part, Mm -hmm. who is really good in this, playing such an asshole. Oh, they thought it was Brad Pitt. They thought it was Brad Pitt. But Brad Pitt was going to play that role. Right. But went to go play seven. There were 12 monkeys. No, it was... um it's like that fucking weird love story he did. Oh, Joe Young, Meet Joe Black? No, not that one. It wasn't either of those, though. <laughs> okay. But he went on to make a bigger movie. Yeah. But he was supposed to play that role. Yeah. He, like, for years, like, before the internet right. existed, everybody just goes, oh, that's supposed to be Brad Pitt. No. No, they were, du- they were bros. Yeah. They were friends. No, I was, like, trying to figure out who it was because it was. He won't say who it was. Um... I didn't write down that actor's name, but like the guy who played him, he's like, oh, he drew on like an actor who he worked with on yeah. like, the movie just prior. And so I was like looking through. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> obvious. I didn't look through who's in Johnny Swade. I haven't mm, seen that movie in years. I'm pretty but sure it was Ferris Bueller. <laughs> oh, that's super Matthew Broderick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that yeah. that's you. But James LaGrosse if, uh, plays a total prima donna. Oh, Total bullshit awful. actor. Terrible in it. He gets called a Twinkie Hostess mother. Twinkie Hostess motherfucker. Twinkie motherfucker by Steve Buscemi. It's my also, favorite thing ever. <laughs> I feel like we do acknowledge that Steve Buscemi in this movie says motherfucker so well. Yeah. It's like it's like a catchphrase of this. Oh, when he's yelling sure. at fucking um the dude who does the dolly. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Do you remember? We just we watched that scene. I was going to say we just watched that scene. It was like three hours ago. Yeah, I don't know. But he's just like, you creaky motherfucker. <laughs> um, but yeah, the movie is movie's broken down basically into three acts, mm-hmm. three scenes they're trying to shoot. Sure. That's the whole movie. 
Yeah. And it is so realistic. It's so amazing. Even if you've never made an independent film, which I haven't, I don't think you have either, unless you're absolutely no. But this is what it feels like. I'm assuming. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it also is just all art is a struggle. Oh God! Especially this podcast. And if we're if we're gonna call that's real, that's real. (laughs) So imagine you can skip back a couple minutes while I was by myself. (laughs) I'm so afraid to listen to that after I upload it. I'm not going back. I'm afraid to listen to it. What did you do? I don't know. Oh, my God. Do a giveaway next time. I'll buy the VHS tape. Everything at Bucket of Blood (laughs) is so so affordable. It is. For all your records, books, and VHS needs. Oh, my God. Uh, We love Bucket of Bloods. Come out on November 9th for Kill Your Idols, The Mighty Return. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, there might be music. There might not be. Grant, I know you're not listening. There's not going to be music. There's not going to be. Unless there is. But there's not going to be. We need them them to come. Sorry, it's just you. It wasn't real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that. I know. (sighs) Did did either of us mention this movie's funny as hell? Oh, it is a comedy. It's a com- oh my god. You <laughs> fucking suck at this. This movie is hilarious. It's a comedy. Well, we waited too long. We got stuck in the no party zone where there was a party. I know. This is I tried to pull you out of it. I know. I wanted to be on the phone and call somebody, but I noticed. <sighs> you sound like hey, my mom. Hey, f- Hi, Fargo. Um, <laughs> anywho. Mm-hmm. That's a Fargo expression, too. That's why I keep saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like there's too much to say about living in oblivion. It's just great. Yeah. It's wonderful. S- yeah. Steve Buscemi. Super fun. Steve Buscemi is so... Everybody is so young in this movie. This movie's 23 babies, years ago. Babies. Babies. Oh, it's from 95, right? Uh, yeah. 95. So it's 25, 24 years ago. Holy fuck. Yeah. How old were you 24 years ago? 10. <laughs> I was 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not much different. <laughs> oh, Steve Buscemi. I love him. I He's so good. Too. I miss Catherine Keener. I feel like she doesn't get as much work anymore. She was in the newest Sicario, which was... A lost Ooh. podcast. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Ooh. Real bad. Was she good in that? Was anybody good in that? Nobody was good in that. Yeah, not even Benicio. Awful movie. Awful movie. Super racist. That might be the that might be the only. So here's the thing: we never <laughs> uploaded this. Oh, parallels. Parallels. <laughs> We might upload this later. I might edit this. This might be one of the lost episodes. Like, those episodes that we can save, they'll just be 20 minutes. Yeah. We'll do mini episodes. Yeah. But Aaron and I went to an advanced screening of Sicario 2. She's fucking leaving. Anyways. Huh? I'm okay at talking. Speaking. We went to an advanced screening of Sicario 2. Um... 
terrible fucking movie. But just like this movie, there's a weird couple sitting next to me this time who brought like sandwiches and there was a couple next to them. If you don't know me, I'm uh, a larger person. That's the nicest thing I've ever said dealing with my weight. So we're going to let it go. But the dude who was like sitting two seats over from me, three seats, he was a very large person. He took his bucket of popcorn, turned it into like, he basically crushed it in so it was like a ramp and then just poured an entire bucket of popcorn down his gullet and just, he didn't chew. It was like watching a duck eat. It was insane. It's like popcorn slide straight into his stomach. It was absurd. And then the couple who was next to me, the dude took his popcorn and went and got a refill so that him and his him and his partner could eat it. She had weird sandwiches. They had weird oh, it was so fucking weird and the movie was horrible. And then it took us like an hour to get out of River East 21 because of the parking situation. Mm-hmm. It was a disaster. But that's related to Joker, so everything's a disaster. Everything. Yeah. Life. Life is a disaster. Speaking of life disasters, what's uh, the last movie? Climax. Climax from Weird French film from Gaspar No. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Gaspar No, he made Irreversible, which is basically rape the movie. <sighs> and then he made um Enter the Void, which is DMT the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he made Love, which is a 3D porno. Ugh. Which I have no... You know what? I'm not going to offend any of those fucking things I said. Fuck him. He's terrible. <laughs> I hate him. His movies are... You pick this. I know. I didn't see it. I just saw the opening dance montage Ugh. on uh, YouTube. I thought, be, I thought it would be different. Plus, it's A24. It's A24. That's how I got suckered in. Yeah. I have an A24 sticker on my cell phone. You do. I love them. You're a nerd. You're on the podcast with me, so are you. Yeah, and, um, that's fair. First of all, this movie's so fucking French. The first, the opening shot is a very, yes, an anorexic <laughs> woman smoking a cigarette mm-hmm. in the most French way possible. Mm-hmm. And then there's a single take dance routine, which, I don't know, it seems impressive. I hate modern dance, so... Yeah, you said it the last episode. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I prefer other dances. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's. I mean, it was cool, I guess. It worked for the movie. It did. I don't... I've literally been meaning to send this to Lisa L., like the clip. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a bunch. She's done a bunch of Kill Your Idol stuff. She did sure. Bucket of Blood. She yeah. she sings. She's great. Yeah. But she's also in uh, Laboratory Dancers. Sure. And she does. Um, I have a lot of clients. She teaches who are dance. Yeah. Dancers, and I'm like, oh, you'd probably really enjoy this movie. Not no, they wouldn't. For, not for the not for the not actual for the storyline. No, but the like terrible. The actual like dancing in it pretty cool yeah i mean interesting it held my attention yeah sure i don't know if it's good i wanted for the longest time i wanted I to text her the youtube clip like is this is good, good. <laughs> yeah 
Um, it was interesting, I guess. I'm not like part of that world, so I can't like really speak no. to it. Neither am I. Um, I can't say all the characters in this are terrible people. Yeah, every don't care if they live or die. All of them. Every single one. Hypersexual, which is not a surprise from uh, this guy, but it's like yeah. the entire movie is just like grossly though. Grossly though. I want to fuck this person. Can I fuck this person? I fuck this person. That's all it is. And like trying to like fuck people that you shouldn't try to fuck. Just. There's a lot of incest. Not a lot, but. But there is incest. It is. It's gross. Yeah, it's gross. It's just a lot of like people forcing themselves on other people and trying to barge in on. I. It's just not. It's a Gaspar No movie. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. I haven't seen any of his other movies. So. Don't. Enter the Void is also kind of incesty. But it's it's unique enough that you could watch the whole thing in a sitting. Where this took me, literally, I was on a fucking Amtrak to Fargo, mm. and I watched like twenty minutes you of it. Me about it. I, <laughs> I forgot about that. When I texted you, I was already fucking drunk. Yeah. On an Amtrak. Yeah. Well, that's what you do on an Amtrak. Yeah. I did it wrong, though. I didn't bring booze. I brought a bunch of booze to Fargo. Okay. A lot of Malort. (sighs) And a lot of Chicago beer that's actually good. Okay. But I forgot to... It was an insane thing. Like, the entire... I stayed up till 6.30 in the morning, hang out with Laura on the porch, because that's something everybody does. Yeah. And I got up 8.30 and went to work, and then, like... After I finished my shift, I was super scatterbrained trying to go around, trying to find things for this trip. Didn't get booze for myself. Just got booze for the trip. Mm-hmm. So I wound up going to the bar <laughs> and just getting a whole bunch of scotch. Oh, my God. Yes. Also, here's the thing. Which person on this podcast can't handle scotch? It's not me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I I love my scotch. I you're, and whiskey. I'm I'm very impressed. Mm. I can't do anything but Malord and gin, Ugh. and I can do shots of gin. I've recently started doing shots of Tito's vodka. Out of a handle. I that was a joke. Was it? I used the shot glass. <laughs> I'm not a fucking monster. Mm, okay. Anyways, <laughs> the whole point of this was. It took me four attempts to finish this movie. Like, same. I told you earlier, I fell asleep three times trying to watch this. And which is like fucking crazy because stuff never stops happening in it. The last 24 minutes of this movie is a single take. Yeah. No. 42. Yeah. 42 minutes. I'm dyslexic. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I wrote it down. That's the only reason I yeah. know. But that's like, it's not like a fake single take. Like Birdman or 19, 1917, which is coming no, out. Shot by Roger Deacon. Because like their entire script was like, what, 15 pages? Yeah, there wasn't like a real script. Yeah. It was like all improvised. He just like told them to like look up YouTube videos of people doing drugs and emulate it more or less. Not all of it's convincing. No. No. Not Some of these people should have done drugs. I mean, that's like the other thing. Like, none of these people were on drugs. And if you're making a drug movie, like, maybe 
do a little bit of drugs. At least try it. Yeah. Yeah. Once. Yeah. Before you start filming, maybe. Also, you know. <laughs> uh, I want to get really personal. <laughs> I've been dosed. I've had drugs. I, I, somebody. I've, I've taken mushrooms without realizing it, mm. and I've smoked cocaine with a bunch of weed. I didn't realize it. I don't feel like being dosed acid would turn into this murder fest that it was. Yeah, real quick, um, a rundown <laughs> of this movie is. There's a dance crew that is gearing up for a show, maybe something like that. Something they're they're yeah, it's a show. They're doing like a rehearsal, and there's a punch that apparently sangria, sangria, yes, that was apparently like spiked with acid, and so like people like after like the initial dancing, people start freaking the fuck out, and then it just like goes nuts yeah <laughs> and i've seen people on acid and they don't start fucking no killing people yeah like i mean <sighs> i've never seen someone on acid kill anybody or or have just, a like, bad get trip violent yeah no i feel like i mean i've seen people have bad trips but it's like them puking and like thinking they puked up their liver and they need to find it in their puke yeah, but they didn't go rip out somebody else's liver. No, no. no. I feel like pe- I've seen a lot. It's of very like self-involved. Contained, yes. <laughs> I've I feel like mushrooms has made people have a lot worse trips. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've never. I've had been a, on some of those. <laughs> I've never had a bad trip on mushrooms. Um, I've never had a bad time I on mushrooms. I've had a bad one, but I've gotten real weird. I, <laughs> but I get real weird just. Sober. Being, yeah, <laughs> real weird. No, I had a general. bad twenty minutes the first time I did mushrooms because I was tripping so hard. And I thought I was Michael J. Fox for a little bit. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> but then I got out of it. Like this what? movie, I feel like the suspension of disbelief in this movie is worse than fucking Joker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, Joker also has a scene. You you have to like assume that like this movie. I feel like this movie assumes that like the people watching it have never done drugs. If you've like done any kind of like psychoactive drugs, (laughs) I feel like you'd know this movie's bullshit. Yeah, but the the audience this is appealing to are people who do drugs. I can't imagine people who don't do drugs or don't drink or are just totally sober watching this. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of like a horror movie, but it's only a horror movie if you've like never done drugs. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, like if you've done drugs, you know that like that's not how this happens. This is not how it happens, no. (laughs) Hereditary has a better idea of like, I've, I've, the scene in Hereditary where the brother fucking gets high and then his sister starts having an asthma attack. I've had that thought for a, I wanted to see that in a movie for like a decade. I want to see somebody just also it's just weed. He's mm-hmm. smoking a bong. Yeah. And the worst thing that could happen to him happens. Yeah. And that is terrifying. That scene lasts five minutes. This movie's ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. Too long. Ninety minutes of like going back and forth between like 
modern dancing mm. and just people getting violent and weird and cutting themselves up and stabbing people and, and like turning on children. each other. Yeah. No, no, that would never happen. No. 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 Like. I've been like in big groups of people not doing acid. Maybe like some of them were doing acid, but like big groups of people where like everyone was on mushrooms. Maybe a couple people were on acid. Yeah. Nothing like Nothing. this ever happens. No. <laughs> Nothing. Just like makes you happy and everything looks sparkly. Yeah. And like, like I said, I've accidentally eaten mushrooms before. They were in chocolate. And it's somebody mm-hmm. just gave me chocolate. Oh, yeah. And I was just like. And everything just starts melting. Yeah. And then just you like. You don't want to kill people. No. It's literally just like, whoa, am I on drugs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm off. I don't know what work today. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like acid's the kind of drug that's going to make you super violent. No. This movie makes no fucking sense. No. It's just stupid. He had a, he had a decent idea. But just like Joker, mm. it doesn't have the correct follow through. No. No. Not at all. No. I mean, there's like beautiful parts of the movie. It's it's not a poorly made movie. It's no. just got a shitty narrative. Yeah. The cinematography is great. Yeah. Like even even the flow of the camera work and that 42 mm-hmm. minute cut. Yeah. Like. Oh, my God. I hope that doesn't wow. show up. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's totally I'm so s- Turn off the podcast. Turn off the podcast. God damn it. Wow. I'm suing White Claw for (laughs) ruining my bad podcast that I have with you. Um, Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. I don't even fucking, I can't afford a lawyer. I can barely afford the White Claws. Anyways. (laughs) I forgot what I was saying. Fucking this movie sucks. (laughs) I will say one of the interesting things I've read about this movie was that he was trying to make a counterpoint to Kubrick's 2001, where it, like, takes, like, apes, like, evolving into men. He, like, like wanted to do the opposite, but not successfully. Not successfully at all. I think (laughs) apes would have had a better time. Yeah. They wouldn't have started just, like killing each other no i don't think taking pregnant women in the stomach oh my god locking yeah. kids in rooms with electric stuff <sighs> i really we've talked about this in the podcast i love this like the when first movies, episode yeah i love when like movies show like kids biting it because it doesn't happen often and that's a real thing that happens in real life um, but this movie doesn't. The exact like, phrase was, it's the fucking 10 minutes into our first episode where we're doing Sicario. I love it when kids get smoked in movies. <laughs> yeah. I do. But like this movie doesn't. It, and it's just like a total fucking bummer. Super yeah. bummer. If Benicio would have showed up and killed that kid, different story purposeful yeah and like nothing about this movie is purposeful no it's a it's this movie is it's the freeform dance of cinema Ugh. i hated mm. it i know <laughs> i really thought you were gonna like it or i so thought you I. had watched uh, it before you told me to no, watch no, no, it no this is one of those movies where um neither of us has seen it mm. yeah um, 
I was confident in living in oblivion. Not a fan. Of this. Of this, yeah. You climax. Like living in oblivion. Yes. Yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Just the like part where Wolf is on this. Where the fuck is Wolf? Two seconds, and then he goes back to puking. Dude steals his eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> it's unsanitary. Give it back. I mean, Peter Dinklage sold that movie for me. I love him. I don't know why. I just love him. He's a great actor. He's so good. I love that movie from start to finish. Peter Dinklage was just like. The perfect cherry oh on top. Oh my god, I was so happy when he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the only part of that movie that didn't age well is like Steve Buscemi talking about teaching Spanish at a women's college. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, if you could teach a language course at any college, you should fucking be kissing your lucky ass. Yeah, and not doing those. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I love the montage sequence at the end where it's like everyone has these deep desires and dreams and like... Mm-hmm. Um, or like thoughts of the future and Steve Buscemi is winning an award yeah. and Dermot Moroni <laughs> is winning back uh, Wanda mm-hmm. and Wanda is being told by James LaGrosse's character that she's not he's not afraid of her power mm-hmm. and then the fucking dude who works the dolly just wants a fucking cheeseburger uh-huh. <laughs> and then Catherine Keener is just like fuck it I'm going back to serving tables and she's the one who serves him the fucking cheeseburger yep it's so great it's perfect and then the actress who plays Steve Buscemi's mom just thinks about how she just walked through doors. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. It's great. I mean, I don't know. Her dream sequence, though, was... Yeah, it was great. Fucking perfect. <laughs> also, just to be... <sighs> Catherine Keener is gorgeous in this movie. She's beautiful she's, all the time. I know, but like, literally the scene where he's like, he, she's burnt. Dermot Rose is like, he, she's burning through the camera. Uh huh. I think that's one of the best shots of her in any movie ever. Oh, yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I saw this was an idiot teenager, so I, I, mm. I really don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> At all, any of this. Fair enough. Just disregard I everything mean, I've said. Anything any of us have said ever. On this podcast, uh, it's a shit show. Are we out of beer? Are we out of we're out of booze, right? <laughs> we have mango white claw. We, we got one split. <laughs> what we should do? Because I still have gin, and white claw is basically the best mixer ever. Mm-hmm. Split this up into a couple cups. Throw in the rest of the gin. Sure. And then maybe I could uh, steal a square. Yeah, of course. I'm a terrified to bring it up on the podcast, by the way. I mean, let's just send it. I mean, we need a, we need a sign-off or a recap. Mm, do we Something. wait for Joker to come out on Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever the fuck it's going to be on? It's Warner Brothers. It'll probably be on Netflix. Um, Living in Oblivion, if you haven't seen that, you need to... Watch Peter it now. Dinklage is a national treasure. Steve Buscemi, Catherine Keener, Dermot Moroni. Oh, Steve Buscemi. I also, love Kevin Corrigan is in this. He plays he such a is. dipshit. But he plays a dipshit in everything. I know. He, he whole plays thing. the exact same character in every so single good. part. I love Kevin Corrigan. I love his face. Yeah. 
I would hang out with him in hey, a heartbeat. Focus boy. I got some good tie stick. You want to fucking smoke or do you want to pay attention? He doesn't even have a name in the movie. He's just like assistant camera. Focus pull. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah, fuck it. Climax, fucking skip it. Just go do drugs on your own. Yeah, don't watch that. What a fucking waste. It's, yeah, not worth it. Uh, so we need to fill six minutes so we can hit 90 minutes. Mm. Are we over it? Mm. Joaquin Phoenix. It's great. I mean, I feel like I could talk about you were never really here forever. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's go see joker and record it the same day so we can upload it and it'll be up before everybody else okay cool what do you want to talk about you were never really here yeah. <laughs> i mean it's just like mm, i wish every movie he was in was that beautiful because he deserves like every movie he's in to be that beautiful he does but it also makes it he also made that movie where he was jesus that's not getting released in america it's so bad Mm, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. No. Gladiator. <laughs> and we'll end on that. <laughs> uh, I'm Nick Souter. I'm Aaron Rose. This is Aaron Rose's Never Seen It. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm also sorry. The good news is we don't have to apologize to that many people. Like three. Yeah. Oh, uh, go to Bucket of Blood. Again. Yeah. They're great. Over and over. Over and over. 3182 North Elston. Come on, hit up Chas Posadas. <laughs> Quit doing that. So good though. I know, but they're not sponsoring the show. <laughs> Who cares? They're good. Black salsa. Black salsa. <laughs>